Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, a biopharmaceutical business that is pushing the boundaries of science to deliver new cancer medicines. More information at AstraZeneca-US.com. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with Drs. Anise Chagpar and Stephen Gore. Yale Cancer Answers features the latest information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, it's a conversation about interventional radiology and liver cancer with Dr. David Madoff. Dr. Madoff is professor of radiology and vice chair for clinical research at the Yale School of Medicine, where Dr. Chagpar is a professor of surgery. David, maybe we can start a little bit by telling me a little bit about what interventional radiology is and what exactly it is that you do. That's actually a great question because when I uh, try to tell my parents, they still don't even know. But what I will say is that interventional radiology is a subspecialty of radiology. Uh, It's approved by the uh, American Board of Radiology. And basically, it Uh, What we do is we perform minimally invasive procedures that utilize advanced imaging technology to guide treatments uh, of various medical conditions that, in many cases, once required surgery. So I can actually give you an example, if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, One example, and this is not oncology necessarily, but if you have a patient who's a pediatric patient and presents with appendicitis and has a large abscess and it's very difficult to treat by a pediatric surgeon, an interventional radiologist will go in and place a small drain such that uh, the patient doesn't need to have a very large scar and can resume activities and be discharged from the hospital in a very short period of time. Otherwise, a patient would have uh, major surgery and a, a small child, for example, would maybe be in the hospital for up to a month. So interventional radiology is really x-ray doctors who do interventions, things like putting in tubes, putting in drains, maybe, you know, ablating cancers, those kinds of things? Exactly. And so... That brings us to the whole world of cancer. So, you know, historically, when we talk about cancer on this show, we think about primarily three main modalities. We think about surgery. We think about chemotherapy. We think about radiation. So tell us where interventional radiology can potentially have an impact uh, in terms of, you know, kind of supplementing those three big buckets. Yeah, great. Great question. So... Over the years, and I must say that in my experience with various organizations such as the Society of Interventional Radiology, we have been making a push towards becoming what you call the fourth pillar of oncologic care. That being, as you said, uh, one being surgery, the other being medical oncology, and the third being radiation oncology. Now, radiation oncology actually developed in a very similar way to now what we consider interventional oncology. However, they don't use needles, catheters, wires, etc. They more use external radiation. Okay, so uh, based on years of experience and uh, on the opportunity for, uh, or I should say lack of opportunity for other modalities to really effectively treat the cancer, um, interventional radiology, or what I would again say interventional oncology, has had an ever-increasing role. But just to push back on that and maybe seek some clarification, we have had on this show some radiation oncologists who, for example, have done things like accelerated 
uh, partial breast irradiation with catheters or have done um, seed radiation for prostate. Are those radiation oncologists or are those interventional radiologists? Or is the lines there blurring? Well, in actuality, the lines are a little bit blurring. I mean, we do have a lot of collaborations with radiation oncologists. And in fact, uh, there are a number of opportunities where a radiation oncologist would refer a patient to interventional radiology or vice versa. And a lot of it would depend on the stage of the disease. Um, For example, we're talking about liver cancer today. Um, In the setting of a patient that has maybe a solitary or maybe a few lesions or tumors in the liver, a radiation oncologist uh, could possibly take care of it. However, if the lesions become too voluminous or the tumor burden too great, they really need more of a regional approach in which uh, an interventional oncologist would place a catheter into an area of the liver and you would be able to infuse or administer the treatment uh, intraarterially as opposed to through um, external means. Okay, so let's push back on that a little bit and seek some clarification. Usually on this show, when we talk about people putting things into arteries or blood vessels that kill off cancer cells, usually we're talking about chemotherapy, which falls into the realm of medical oncology. So are you talking about interventional radiology kind of doing what was done by the medical oncologists? Well, years ago, um, back in the 1950s, I would say, and even in the 60s, a lot of surgical oncologists uh, would place um, catheters uh, externally or pumps into the artery supply in the liver, uh, or they would ligate the um, they would ligate the artery going to the tumors. But over the course of the last a few decades, it's been shown that that has not really been effective and that you really need a more direct um, approach that targets to the uh, cellular level uh, by using a lot of the um, techniques that we can use today. And so it's you're still using chemotherapy as you deliver these drugs with these catheters that you place. Is that right? Correct. So as an interventional oncologist, I administer my own chemotherapy in terms of the procedures that I'm doing. Now, I don't, I don't administer systemic chemotherapy. That's really the realm of the oncologist. Um, but that's what we have been doing for now, probably since the 1980s. Right. So when you talk about, you know, I, just to kind of set this, to kind of clarify it for our listeners, it's, it is kind of like a fourth pillar in the sense that you have surgeons who take out tumors. And historically, they would place catheters because they were the only ones who knew how to get the catheter to the right blood vessel if they were going to give chemotherapy to a very localized area. You have the radiation doctors who give radiation, usually from the outside, external beam, but sometimes they can do that through catheters, too, on the inside. And then you have the medical oncologists who give chemotherapy or other systemic therapy through the bloodstream, but usually that's to get it to the bloodstream all over the body. But what you're talking about is really putting in catheters non-surgically through 
what we call a percutaneous kind of route. So through the skin, you're able to, under x-ray guidance, put your catheters into a position where they can get right up to the tumor and deliver the chemotherapy right to that tumor without them having a big surgery um, and really being able to get chemotherapy to a localized area. Is that right? I don't think I could say it any better myself. But um, I do think that um, and, and, and what you are saying is, is totally true in the sense also that these, what you would call, even though they're minimally invasive procedures, they're actually, they do have some side effects to them. However, um, in past years, uh, a lot of, due to, due to cautionary reasons, patients had been admitted to the hospital, but now a lot of these therapies, even if they're very significant therapies, could be done entirely as an outpatient. So let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, when we talk about chemotherapy, people usually get all kinds of ideas about what chemotherapy is like. I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to feel nauseous. The kind of chemotherapy that you give, although it is chemotherapy, does it have all of those side effects or are there other side effects slash complications that you're more worried about? Well, that's a great question. Uh, typically, there are some side effects from these procedures. Now, the, the rationale for administering tumors, direct, uh, administering um, intra-arterial therapy to the tumor is a number of reasons. One is it's based on the vascular supply of the tumor. Typically, the artery is nearly 100% of the tumor's vascular supply. So if you're giving a chemotherapy intravenously, a very large dose of it may not end up in the tumor itself. And therefore, you may have, a, I wouldn't say an unsuccessful treatment, but you may not have uh, an optimized treatment. Nowadays, due to a lot of uh, advanced technology from many of the vendors that we use in interventional radiology, they have a lot of software that allows the interventional radiologist to simply guide the, uh, the catheters almost to the level of the tumor. So therefore, you, you may get very little what's called non-target embolization or non-target threat therapy, which means that a lot of some of the therapy may be going somewhere you don't necessarily want it. That being said, uh, your question uh, really had to do with uh, systemic effects. And the goal here, at least in interventional radiology, is that you can administer a very a much higher dose to the tumor, yet the um, the uh, the you don't really get the same side effects as you would from a systemic therapy. Like if you look at the, the I guess, systemic um, indices on how much chemotherapy is in the bloodstream, it's much lower with a transarterial therapy. Essentially because you're putting a catheter right up to the tumor, getting it right into the artery, which is its main food supply, and pretty much killing off all of the cancer cells uh, and delivering your chemotherapy right directly to that tumor so that it doesn't go everywhere else. So it doesn't go to your scalp where it, and kill off all of your hair follicles so you don't lose your hair. And it doesn't go to your GI system necessarily so you don't necessarily get sick. But it kills off the cancer cells right where you want it. That's what you're saying. Yes. So then the question is, you know, how come... 
that is an offer to everybody. I mean, it sounds like it's a really cool thing to do. So, for example, you know, there are a lot of people who have breast cancer. How come we can't do that for breast cancer? Uh, well, it depends. Well, first of all, a lot of what was done in interventional oncology was started in the liver. And a lot of the reasons for that is literally that it was the disease that had really no other uh, treatment. There was really no good surgeries back then. And it was, uh, I wouldn't say experimental, but there were a lot of uh, a lot of people that believe that these therapies, in fact, worked. Um, today, I believe that there's now a lot of other therapies that other oncologists or radiation oncologists or um, surgical oncologists can offer that can directly compete with what we do. And um, that being said, I do think that some of the interventional oncologic interventions are underutilized. And does and maybe some of it has to do with anatomy too? Do you think? Absolutely. So you know, the liver uh, is a great organ to think about interventional radiology or interventional oncology because it's got lots of blood vessels going to it. Uh, and when we look at the anatomy of the liver, the liver for our listeners is broken up into these lobes, and each lobe is supplied by particular arteries and has particular veins that drain it. And so you're able to, especially when you've got a bunch of disease in a particular lobe, uh, go and kind of kill off all the cancer cells in that lobe by putting your catheter right into the artery that goes to that lobe. Is that right? Well, I wish it would be so easy. <laughs> I mean, I, I do agree with you that that is, the, that is the plan, but there are a lot of tumor cells that are resistant to the therapy uh, because the liver is probably uh, one of the largest organs in the body. Um, the amount of material you can give is finite, so you may not really be able to get to every single cell. Uh, there's other ramifications, which include uh, underlying liver function. You really need to see how patients are able, if they're, if they're able to tolerate the therapy. Yeah, so it sounds like this is a, a good therapy for a lot of patients, but may not be completely the silver bullet. We're going to find out more right after we take a short break for a medical minute. Please stay tuned to learn more about interventional radiology and liver cancer with my guest, Dr. David Madoff. Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, a biopharmaceutical business with a deep-rooted heritage in oncology and a commitment to developing cancer medicines for patients. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. This is a Medical Minute about survivorship. Completing treatment for cancer is a very exciting milestone, but cancer and its treatment can be a life-changing experience. For cancer survivors, the return to normal activities and relationships can be difficult, and some survivors face long-term side effects resulting from their treatment, including heart problems, osteoporosis, fertility issues, and an increased risk of second cancers. Resources are available to help keep cancer survivors well and focused on healthy living. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. You're listening to Connecticut Public Radio. Welcome back to Yale Cancer Answers. This is Dr. Anise Chagpar, and I'm joined tonight by my guest, Dr. David Madoff. We're talking about interventional radiology and liver cancer, and right before the break, David, we were talking about the fact that this whole area, using x-rays to kind of guide catheters so that you can deliver 
chemotherapy right directly to a particular tumor or a particular lobe of the liver, a particular region, um, to kill off cancer cells in that area, sparing a lot of the side effects that go on in the rest of the body. But right before the break, you said, you know, there are other ramifications. This is not the silver bullet. There are other things to consider. It's not quite so simple. Tell us more about that. Yes, so um, there's... A lot of areas that we need to consider, um, as I had stated, it seems that patients need to have a much more healthy liver in order to get a lot of these uh, therapies. Um, patients that are jaundiced, for example, you know, their, their skin is yellow, uh, their eyes are yellow, um, or they uh, have really poor liver function. Uh, may not really be amenable at all to this. There's also a lot of, as you alluded to earlier, anatomical variations, which may not allow a catheter to be placed to the tumor. And uh, and sometimes the tumors are just so large that you may not really be able to make an effective therapy. But it, it sounds like all of those things might be things that would also obstruct us from doing other therapies. So, for example, if somebody has got a large burden of t- tumor, well, you know, s- surgery might not be an option if you don't have enough residual liver function. Radiation might not work because there's too much disease. And systemic chemotherapy may or may not work simply because of burden of disease and would have all kinds of toxicity. So, it sounds like this would still be a good option, um, even in those cases, compared to the other options that are out there. Well, in those scenarios, I would agree that interventional radiology probably does offer uh, an opportunity for therapy that um, that others may not be able to, to do or may. Or, you know, the goal in all of this is really to alter survival. And if we're not altering survival, we're not improving patient outcome, then in in, in a given patient, we may not have the answer either. Right. You know, when you talk about that, I mean, that 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 I think is one of the underlying themes of a lot of cancer management, which is, you know, each modality may not in its own right, have the answer, which is why so often on the show we talk about multidisciplinary team management. Are there cases that you can tell us about where interventional radiology actually might make it easier for the other modalities to be helpful or where, you know, you can use a combination, maybe interventional radiology to shrink the cancer and then surgery to take out the cancer and then systemic chemotherapy to make sure that they don't get metastases other places and then radiation therapy for local control? Like, does that work? Yes. So... There's a couple of ideas that this brings up. Uh, One is that in the setting of liver cancer, uh, what's really what's considered curative is surgical resection and or transplantation. So one of the um, things that an interventional radiologist can do is at least decrease the tumor burden to the extent that patients can actually get their surgery. Um, In patients that have, um, that are on the transplant list, uh, sometimes they'll have tumor burden, or, or they want to be on the transplant list, I should say. They may have uh, tumor burden that is just outside the criteria that will allow them to have this. 
So interventional radiologists can go in there and shrink the tumors such that the patients can be maintained on the transplant list. And the reason why this is so important is because the transplant waiting time is very, very long. Having been uh, in New York for the past eight years before coming to Yale, I can tell you that the wait time is probably about 18 months to two years. So if you could either A, bridge the patient to transplant, uh, which again is just maintaining them uh, within the criteria, or B, um, shrinking the tumor, which is called um, downstaging. Okay, so you have bridge transplant and downstaging. The other uh, procedure that we can do, and this is something that I've been involved in actually for the last 20 years, is a procedure called portal vein embolization. And this is a, a, a procedure which um, goes on the ability that the liver is one of the organs that actually can regenerate. So in patients that have what looks like surgically resectable disease, however, they may have insufficient liver volume or liver function after the major surgery. We can go in and plug up art, uh, portal veins, which are, if you look at the anatomy, 80% of the liver's blood supply is portal vein and 20% is hepatic artery. If you can plug up um, with material a lot of these portal veins and divert flow away from the liver that's going to be resected and towards the liver that's going to uh, remain, the liver actually can grow before surgery, making the surgery much easier for the surgeon and the patients can have a much better post-operative course. Right. I, I think that's one of the things that's really critical to understand. And one of the things that many medical students find fascinating, at least I did, was that the liver is one of those organs that can actually regenerate itself to a large degree, even in adulthood. So, you know, you, you take off somebody's arm, their arm doesn't regenerate, but you can cut out part of the liver and the liver can magically grow back some of that liver function. Exactly. So what I would have to say is that um, we can treat a lot of patients that have very large disease burden provided that they don't they don't have a lot of they don't have disease outside the liver and you could like I said earlier, the liver is a very large organ. You could um, stop blood flow to approximately eighty percent of the patient's liver portal veins, and yet they can still go home the same day as an outpatient because it's only a tiny little incision that you make to do all this work. And so, so it sounds like this uh, interventional radiology really kind of helping in that multidisciplinary approach to taking care of patients who have liver cancers. Now, something that a, a lot of our listeners may be curious about is when we've talked in, in the past on the show about liver cancer, there's always this kind of fine line between primary liver cancers, the cancers that start in the liver, and hepatic metastases, cancers that start somewhere else and go to the liver, because as you say, a lot of the blood supply ends up going through the liver. And so the liver tends to get metastases or, or cancer deposits from cancers that have started somewhere else in the colon and other places. So when you're talking about all of these interventions with interventional radiology that can, you know, deliver chemotherapy to a particular area or help with the surgical resection of, of these cancers in the liver, are you talking primarily about primary liver cancers, about metastases, or does it really matter? Well, in terms of the overall prognosis and in terms of the overall uh, therapeutic plan by the uh, 
oncologic team. I think that it does matter. However, a lot of these procedures that we do offer can be used in, in, both. in, in, in both circumstances. Yes. So, so with regards to, you know, if you have a primary liver cancer, interventional radiology may play a role. But if you have a colon cancer, for example, that's got metastases to the liver, interventional radiology still may play a role. Yes. Now, typically in the setting of colorectal cancer, systemic therapy is usually the first line therapy. And it's when it fails or when the patients run out of options, do we often get involved? Now, that being said, uh, there is data coming out to show that if you can do, for example, uh, when we didn't really discuss this yet, but administering radioactive beads uh, into the liver, um, by doing this earlier and by doing this in combination with systemic chemotherapy, uh, patients may actually have better outcomes. So it, it does um, portend um, having a collaborative approach with all of these uh, disease types. However, again, I would really stress that we can uh, offer opportunities for treatment, but it really depends on the disease type, the, um, the uh, oncologic plan, the underlying liver function, et cetera. Right. So you, you kind of need a team approach here, which is a mantra that we keep singing on this show, um, where all of these professionals really get together, put their heads together, figure out the optimal plan for an individualized patient and tailor that accordingly. So you mentioned, you know, placing radioactive beads and so on. And I wanted to get to this whole concept because there has been both in the lay literature and, you know, a lot of talk about ablating cancers, um, either with radiation like radioactive beads or with laser or with microwave or with um, RFA, which is radiofrequency ablation. And one would think that all of these really require a, a really directed approach, which presumably could use radiology like X-rays or ultrasounds or MRIs and that kind of thing. So tell us how interventional radiology plays a role in doing all of that. So in terms of uh, all those different modalities that you mentioned, they have very different roles. Now, what we do is called local regional therapy. That means local therapy is a really targeted therapy to a very select cancer or a subset of, of uh, a low-volume disease, whereas a regional therapy is if you have disease really scattered throughout either one lobe of the liver or the entire liver. So when you're talking about typically a radiation approach, you usually consider that to be a regional delivery. Uh, there is new um, ideas called radiation segmentectomy that can act like an ablation. Um, ablation is simply like doing a biopsy, and instead of just taking tissue, which you may do at the same time, uh, you can either heat the tumor or you can make, freeze the tumor, and that may have some dramatic effect in overall managing that particular tumor type. But again, those are typically reserved for patients with very uh, small volume or low volume disease. And, and, and another place where interventional radiology, of course, comes into play, and we talk about this all the time, too, is you people are often the people who help us to get the biopsies when they're in places that we can't reach in other ways. Is that right? 
That's exactly right. Um, because of the excellent technology that we have at this time, there's almost no place that we can't get to. Um, of course, you have to be smart about it, and you have to be able to understand the imaging. But by and large, uh, biopsies are one of the things that one of the procedures that we do that I would say may even have the most impact of any type of procedure that an interventional radiologist does. I mean, without understanding what the disease is, without looking at the genomic profile, which can change over time, and as we, I'm sure, all discuss, the, um, we're now in the age of precision medicine, we can really tailor therapy just based on a biopsy. And so the, the other thing that I always find fascinating about interventional radiology is, as you kind of alluded to, you're in the world of high tech. Uh, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of imaging, and a lot of cool gadgets going on, which often means a lot of space for clinical trials. So tell us what's new and hot and interesting in your world. Well, um, I think right now there's multiple clinical trials that are interesting. Uh, for one, um, doing embolization therapy in the liver with immunotherapy. So the idea is that you would treat a tumor, release antigens, give an immunomodulator, and actually have the, your own body fend off the, the tumor cells itself. Um, there's also a lot of interest in pancreatic cancer, where you can place, you, you can do um, a lot of really high-tech procedures in a disease type that has a very, 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 very poor prognosis. Dr. David Madoff is Professor of Radiology and Vice Chair for Clinical Research at the Yale School of Medicine. If you have questions, the address is canceranswers at yale.edu, and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. We hope you'll join us next week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on Connecticut Public Radio.